what's the word? And uh, we just praise God for you. Oh, I like the blue and the green we have today. That's awesome. Amen. Amen. There's this little right here. It looks like a wisp of the spirit on our, on our wall right there. It's been there for like a week now. I like it. It's, <laughs> it's funny. These walls actually, if you don't know, these walls behind me are black, but they show almost every fingerprint when the light shines up on it, and it's funny. I, I think that's been a uh, bane of uh, people's existence here, the, washing the walls and keeping them clear. But, hey, listen, right now I want you to put in the comments, who is watching? I want to know who's watching, where are you watching from. I want to say hello for, uh, to you, a little bit of an interactive day here as well. And uh, what have you been receiving in these past couple weeks as we've talked about leadership? What are the things that have stuck out to you? What questions do you have? Uh, maybe on your job, maybe in the places where, where you are applying the gospel, where you're growing the kingdom. Where are, what, are, what is it that you're facing that's been challenging to you? And uh, what would be the wisdom of God to help you? So, hello, my wife says she's watching from Baden. Uh, Scott Dyer from South Boston. Uh, Scott, I'm curious, uh, how did you find us? I think you know somebody here, but I'm not sure about that. So, uh, William says he is most definitely watching. <laughs> Where from, William? Where are you at home? And uh, Johnny from Tuckertown. Joni says, hello. Actually, she says, hi. Hi. Kevin Nowicki says, I'm here, sir. Love you. I don't know if that I'm here is here at the church or here wherever you are. Wherever you are, I bet you're there. All right. Arabella says, hello, good to see you, love y'all, love y'all so very much. Uh, Corey from New Hampshire, hey, I was just thinking about you, Corey, and I uh, love you so very much, uh, and uh, you and Brandy, that's awesome. And I appreciate Corey in your Facebook name. You have yours and Brandy's name, so I never forget it. I can just look at the screen and see, oh yeah, that's her name, <laughs> tell her I said so. And uh, Scott said they belong to the Motleys, the Life Church in Danville, Virginia. Oh, yeah, you're in South, yeah, I got you. Not South Boston, Boston, the city, South Boston, Virginia. I got you. That's awesome, Scott. I, I was wondering what the connection was. So William says he's at home at his desk, doing, supposed to be doing schoolwork, I'm sure, and he's being so very diligent. <laughs> Amen. Love you guys so very much. So what has been sticking out to you What's been sticking out to you in the last week as we've talked about uh, leadership? Uh, what has been one of the best points that you've received? I was talking uh, today, Kevin says, watching from Red Cross, 2427. Amen. Uh, I was talking today, um, Stephen and Michaela Hurlbert are still here, and uh, we love them so very much. And we were talking right before we got to the broadcast. And... Uh, <laughs> Stephen's watching from outside the window there. Abby says, watching from Boomerang Church. But one of the things that we were talking about was um, we had uh, been discussing uh, some a recent conversation that I had, and we were talking about wanting, having questions that needed answers. Like, I need to know what to do here, and I need to know how to do it. And uh, I was telling them about a conversation uh, that Kevin and I were having the other day, and um, he, he was saying, you know, sometimes I just need these questions answered, and man, the Lord not only zinged him, but zinged me at the same time, and uh, we were sitting there with our mouths hanging open, because he said, uh, uh, the Lord, it just kind of popped out of my spirit. I said, many times we, we still have questions, because we haven't been in the face of the answer. In other words, Jesus is our answer, and because we haven't been in his faith, face, we haven't had the uh, answers that we needed. He is the answer with a capital A, and uh, many times we still have questions because we haven't been in the face of the answer. And uh, I went, oh my gracious, that was strong. It zinged both of us, and we were like repenting, you know, for multiple times. So we were talking ahead of, ahead of time, so... Yeah, Nicole says, yeah, you are still here. Luke would cry if they were gone. See, told you. <laughs> Luke, Luke loves Uncle Stephen and Aunt Michaela. That's awesome. And uh, he loves those shoes, too, that you got them for Christmas. Like, he was so happy with those. But anyway, nobody's put anything that they've received over the last couple of weeks, so I'll just stop talking. That's the way to do it. 
<laughs> what have you received? What stuck out to you? What questions do you have? What, you know, listening to the leadership over the last couple of weeks, what is it that you're sitting there going, okay, how do I do this? How do I move to this next place? Uh, what is it in, you know, there's multiple, there's so many different areas of leadership. Last night we were talking about momentum and uh, the importance of momentum. And I think one of the things I recognized around uh, year eight was that carrying a spiritual momentum, uh, carrying a spiritual momentum into ministry, but not just in ministry, but in business is so very important. And learning to recognize when you have momentum and when you're, and not just when you don't have it, when you're losing momentum. If you're losing momentum, and the importance of a core team of people that keep the momentum. You know, if I'm by myself, I can carry a certain momentum. But if we have a group of, of people that are on fire for God moving in a direction, we can carry that momentum. So, um, Abby said, I've learned a lot about being a part of a team and healthy conflict. Um, how many people, just put it in the comments, how many people like healthy conflict? Um, you know, how many people actually enjoy it versus how many put a thumbs up if you enjoy it, a thumbs down if you really don't like it? And, um, you know, put that, put that, because most people don't like healthy conflict. They don't like actually being challenged or challenging others, and they shy away from it. But yet it is necessary for healthy leadership. So... Nicole says, listen to these broadcasts have reminded, uh, reminded me that as much as I know, as much as I know, there's always more. We can always go higher, and that's awesome. Yeah, one of the things about um, the word that I love, there, you know, when we have healthy conflict, it actually will bring about areas we haven't seen before. One of the things I love about finding something that we're wrong in or finding something that we didn't know before is immediately because we were wrong or we didn't know it, there's going to be a built-in ceiling with that. But when you judge yourself, when you lay yourself and your thoughts and your doctrine on the altar of God and see what the fire of God will burn up or the things that will come through that fire because they are godly, immediately you remove the ceiling. And that means you have room for upward growth. And so I get excited when I find something that I miss. Now, I don't like missing things. You've got to understand, I'm not happy about missing things, and I'm not happy about being wrong. But I have a humility to be willing to accept that because as soon as, soon as something is found, I can actually move up. I know that I just increase my upward mobility in that way. So that's awesome. Uh, but he said, I really like the point of not focusing more on the schedule and the checklist, but rather being led by the Spirit and in rest. And uh, yeah, and I think you and I were talking more about that privately in that way. But a lot of times, um, you know, one of the things that we were saying is we can get antsy if things are not going our way. And uh, one of the questions that the Lord had me bring up as we were having our conversation is, uh, you know, what difference does it make if it goes your way or not? I mean, honestly, what difference does that make? A lot of times the reason it makes a difference is because we put the priority on the wrong thing. The priority is not success in our eyes is not being led by the Spirit. Success in our eyes. But he says the children of God are led by the Spirit of God in Romans 8. But success in our eyes is actually not being led by the Spirit. But success in our lives is that everything fits within our understanding and fits within our box. And so in doing that, we can get off very quickly because when God moves outside our box, we don't call that God because we don't think it's success when it actually is Him. So we have to learn to have a flow of the Holy Ghost and rest and relax. You know, one of the greatest symptoms of faith is a complete rest in Him, a complete rest in Him. In other words, I don't feel the pressure. There's no anxiety, no worry. Remember, how many times did He say, 
Fear not. You know, cast your cares on the Lord, for He cares for you. Cast your anxieties, your worries, all of that. We need to enter into a complete rest. This plays out majorly in leadership because a lot of leaders will see a problem or somebody will bring healthy conflict and they'll feel like they need to defend themselves instead of letting the facts be and be willing to be open in front of the people. Uh, so this is a major, a major point that we learn how to rest and let the Holy Spirit lead. That truly is success. Um, many times, many times I've found that uh, by being open and willing uh, to allow the Holy Ghost to even bring correction through other people, that allows the whole group that I'm leading to go higher. So a leader has a leader has this choice: either allow himself to be changed and corrected, and take the whole group up, or fight against that, try to hide his weaknesses, and keep the whole group down. But see, if a leader actually cares about the group, then think about this. Think about a shepherd out in the middle of the desert, and he finds out that the way that he's going to go to take all of the flock one way, he finds out that his plan to go that way is filled with danger and a lot of risk, but he doesn't want to change because he, he doesn't want his weakness and his plan to be seen as wrong. So he takes them, and along the way he loses sheep. Versus a leader that says, oh, that's a risky way, and I know that there's danger that way, and I can go this way. Hey, guys, new plan. New plan. Which one's the better leader? The one that takes them and doesn't want to be wrong or the one that is willing to receive uh, instruction, correction, and redirection, which is a part of humility. Kevin uh, Buck says, the ways or habits to help me stay the course with the Lord. Amen. There are ways that are laid out in the Word. Uh, what are some of those ways, I'd ask you, Kevin, just a quick uh, few of those ways. Put those in the comments. So there's ways that are listed out in the Word that show us how to stay the course and keep that momentum. Nicole says, leadership is a part of all of us, even if our title isn't a leadership title. As believers, we are leaders. Yeah, that's correct. There's, um, remember that we're all called to make disciples? Well, every call to make a disciple means that we lead people in discipline. So every believer is called to be a leader. Everyone is called to lead people, and we need to see that. So a lot of times you'll have, well, that's leadership training. I'm not in a leadership position. You don't move in life based off of where you've been. You move in life based off of where you're going, right? God called you a disciple maker. That means you are a leader. So you need to start putting in those thought processes and moving towards that way of thinking and habits now. That goes with anything. I'm not like even right now, you know, where we are as a church, I'm not, I'm not trying to be the perfect pastor for where we are. I'm already seeing where we're going, and I'm preparing for that. Uh, if we're just in terms of finances, if you right now are making you know, $50,000 a year, but you're believing God uh, to make $150,000 a year, your thinking has to change. And you need to start thinking today about that. You need to start thinking today, how will I act then? What decisions will I make? Uh, to give you an example of this, if... Um, if I'm making, let's say, if I'm making $50,000 a year, that's approximately $25 an hour. Then my time is worth $25 an hour. But if I'm making $150,000 a year, then my, I'm making approximately $75 an hour. In other words, my time is much more valuable if I'm making that amount. So listen, a $75 an hour guy does not, does not, uh, waste time doing work that a $25 an hour guy can do because now he's wasting $50 an hour. There's a different thinking in that. So in other words, if I can hire somebody to do the work for $25 an hour and I make $75 an hour, I'm not going to go do the maintenance on my car in that way. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to pay somebody $25 an hour, and I'm going to keep doing what's worth the $75 an hour. So we've got to think differently in that way.
All right. Marky said she has not liked uh, healthy conflict. Uh, Barrett says, Kevin says he hasn't liked healthy conflict. Barrett says she does like healthy conflict. Nicole says, in my flesh I haven't liked it, but my spirit does like healthy conflict. See, we're growing. <laughs> we're growing. Amen. Uh, Barrett says, an unanswered question from last week, how to be a leader when you don't have all your stuff together? <laughs> okay. First of all, let's identify something. At what point are you going to have all your stuff together while you're in this world? At what point are you going to have all your stuff together? Do, 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 do. At what point are you going to have all your stuff together? If you understand the unlimited nature of God, fleshly and logically, you're never going to have all your stuff together. While you're in this world with this corrupted body, you're never going to have all your stuff together. Because it, when I reach a place, when I reach a place, there's going to be more for me to believe to. So even as soon as I arrive at one piece of success, there's something else to reach to. And so immediately, I don't have everything I need to get to that place. So the issue is that I never do. So they, then you'll go into 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, But God is faithful, and he says he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, what, but God is faithful. What that says is he will not allow you to be in a place that you and him can't handle. That's what that verse says and gives us the promise of. In other words, even though I'll not, I'll not have my stuff together, he has his stuff together. And if he has his stuff together, then when I lean on him and do it his way, I can do things that I wouldn't have been able to do uh, in another way. Then you go to 2 Corinthians 2.14, But thanks be unto God who always leads me in triumph in Christ and manifests through me the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. So what you see there is that uh, God is always leading you to triumph even when you don't have your stuff together. God is leading you to triumph even when you don't have your stuff together. So it's not a matter of what you're bringing to the table. It's a matter of hearing from him and being obedient where you are, no matter what's in your hand. Very similar to Jesus. Did Jesus physically have everything he needed in Matthew 14 and in Matthew 15? when he fed the 5,000 and he fed the 4,000. Did he have everything physically that he needed? No, but he had God. And in the middle of a wilderness, uh, talking physically, he didn't have it. But spiritually, he did, because in the middle of a wilderness, there was a spiritual river flowing that he drew out of. And he said, Lord, I see you. I trust you. You are faithful. I give you what's in my hands. And all of a sudden, there was a supernatural blessing and multiplication that came out of that. So he gave himself to the Lord, and the Lord blessed it and multiplied it. So no matter where you are, you wouldn't be in that situation if you couldn't turn to the Lord and find a way of escape. So no matter if you have your stuff together or not, the key is when you don't have your stuff together, look to the Lord. Set your eyes on things above. Look to the promises and the character and nature of God. Give God what you do have and do what he's already told you to do. For example, go into fellowship with him. Go into intimate fellowship with him. Go into intimacy with him. Stay in that presence because from that presence springs uh, the flow of all the fullness of life. It springs forth the answers that you need, the direction, the provision, and anything that you need to manifest will manifest in him, in his presence. And uh, that's where all of our answers are. So even if we don't have all of our stuff together, uh, God has a solution for it. And we'll, there's a time where we're never, we're never going to have all of our stuff together. Praise God, we have Him. He's faithful. Now, with Him, we have everything we need. With Him, we have everything. All right. But he says he's growing in it. Amen. Me too, buddy. That's awesome. Abby says, I like healthy conflict now, but I'm still growing in how much I like it. <laughs> Great answer. Yeah. And Kevin said about that uh, you know, word about the answers earlier that we talked about, staying in the face of the answer. 
He said, that wasn't necessarily fun to his flesh, but very helpful. Amen. Uh, Kevin Nowicki says, I've said it before, but I used to really like unhealthy conflict. Sometimes you can like unhealthy conflict where we get into the flesh and we actually take it too far. You have to watch that. Uh, a couple of things that the word talks to us about is being gentle and not having like harsh, um, what's the harsh Harsh jesting is how the Bible says. So we have to watch. You know, some people really do like abrasiveness, and uh, we have to be mindful of that and, and be led by the Lord when to. But most people don't like that at all. That's not their norm. And so can you imagine when two people come together where they, one person really doesn't like healthy conflict. I mean, they really have not liked it. And then you've got another person who really loves it. Like that's, that's an explosion waiting to happen. <laughs> kind of like Michaela and Steven sitting here. <laughs> so that was, that was funny. I could see them smiling at each other as soon as I said that. So, uh, Kevin Nowicki said, pride has had a stranglehold on my life, but not anymore. Amen. Glory to God. That's awesome, Kevin. Praise the Lord. Kevin said he also received the word confirming that God wants to bless me more than I have expected in the past. That's amazing. Kevin says, complete rest is where we should be. Amen. Now, there's complete rest. That's a word that came out in our conversation as well. Complete rest. Operate in the complete rest of God. That doesn't mean that we're not moving. It doesn't mean that we're not active. And it doesn't mean that we're not working. But it means that even while we're working, we are not toiling. Toiling was an effect of the curse of sin. So learn how to work and even work hard without the weight of toil without the weight of worry, without the weight of pressure. Many times people get in a pressured situation, they start toiling. You can tell their whole demeanor will change. Learn to operate in complete rest. A lot of times it looks like joy. You'll have a joy. And that's, isn't that, don't we see in the word that that's supposed to be the way it works? Because uh, hope is a joyful, confident expectation. So hope literally means joy. And the Bible tells us this. It says that you are supposed to be ready to give an account for the hope that is within you. So that means you're going to have a joy on you when other people don't. It's going to get people's attention. Why are you acting this way when it's so bad? I had that almost all year last year when everything looked so bad. People were looking like, how can you be so joyful? I'm like, we're having a great year. You know, everybody else is having a bad year in 2020. We literally had our best year yet, our best year yet. And so then people say, how can you be this way? It's because of Jesus. There's a real, a real answer and a real hope and joy in him. And it comes through a complete rest. When everybody else is just under the pressure and you have joy, it preaches and it'll cause people to reach out. Johnny said, a good leader is a good follower. That was a great point that we covered these last couple weeks. Kevin says, I don't know how far behind, I'm not too far. Okay. Kevin says, intimacy with God, these are some of the points that you received. And intimacy with God, prayer, study, and worship uh, was a great leadership point that he had gathered. Looking for the Lord's leading in every situation. Yeah, let me, let me uh, mention something about that. So when you are, sometimes you'll hear me say, Keep your ears open to the Lord, okay? Anytime, see, the Lord is not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly, okay? So he's not holding back wisdom. In James chapter 1, it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives freely and without reproach. So God's not sitting up there like, yeah, let's see if they can figure this one out. I'm just going to hold this wisdom back. That's not the heart of God. That's not the character of God. God actually wants to give you every piece of wisdom uh, you know, that you need, and he wants to give it, if you know the character of God, he doesn't just want to give you a piece of it. He wants to overflow you with that wisdom. All right, so now what becomes important? In other words, the Lord wants to pour out wisdom. How come we don't have it? How come we don't have it? Well, many times we don't ask for the wisdom, but also know this. Here's another big reason why we don't have wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
We have missed a reverence in our society today that has withheld wisdom from his people. There's a reverence of the Lord, an extreme reverence of the Lord, right? Uh, not a phobia of the Lord, but an extreme reverence of the Lord that we're, we've been missing. And it's held, that's the beginning of wisdom. Many people don't have the fullness of wisdom because they've not started at the beginning of that extreme reverence. They've not asked the Lord for wisdom. They've not known that he will give it. They've not believed in it in that way. But here's another thing that holds back wisdom, a humility. See, a lot of people, because of what we were talking about earlier, they want to be seen as the person who always has the answers, who's always right, who, always, who doesn't miss it, you know, like this. I'm not afraid of, of showing where I've missed it. I'm not afraid of, you know, showing places where I've missed it. Those places, that, there's a humility there. Hey, yeah, I missed that. I, I missed that. I don't mind saying it. I don't mind showing it. Matter of fact, the Lord has actually told me recently, in this, in this period of time, I want you to be, Pastor Brian, I want you to be more glass house right now. I want you to show and let people see where you had a weakness, but also where I came through and brought you through it, how I brought you through it. See, if I don't share uh, those places where the Lord brought me through, a lot of people think that it just happens like magically for me. It doesn't happen magically. It happens by applying the word. Uh, it happens by those ways. And God will answer the things that you want. He'll show you the things that you need. For example, uh, just literally this week, I recognized that I had spent less time recently in worship. I'd spent less time recently in worship. And uh, I said, okay, I need to change that. I'll spend time in prayer, spend time in the Word, but I'd spent less time than I wanted to in worship. The reason why I spent less time in worship is Really, I've seen a lot of soulish, uh, you know, so-called worship, but it's come out of the soul, the mind, will, and emotion, not out of the spirit. And the Bible teaches us in Romans 8 that if we live by the mind, then at the end is death. But if we live by the spirit, the end is life and peace. And so I just, I really had been discouraged with some of the worship that I've seen, and I just hadn't listened to much. And so... I was praying just this week in the Holy Ghost, Lord, give me, I need some good worship. Well, last night we're sitting there uh, late at night. Steve and Michaela were there. They are like, just out of the blue, they go, have you ever heard of this? And I was like, no, I've never heard of that. So we put it on YouTube. We started pulling it up. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, here's this anointed worship coming through. And it's anointing. They didn't know that I'd been praying for that. Like, I need, I want some anointing. I don't want soulish stuff. I want some anointed stuff. And, and they didn't know that I'd just been praying that that day. God was not, <laughs> it wasn't that one. <laughs> God was not showing me, you know, he was not withholding that from me. I just need to ask him. He'll bring you what you need. But here, here's what I said. I didn't go to God and say, uh, Lord, you know, you know, I long to worship, and I just can't find any that's good. I, no, I went to the Lord and said, Lord, I've not been worshiping. Like, help me. This is humility. You know, if you're humble, God will give you grace and greater grace. In James 4 and 1 Peter 5, you see this. And the humble, the ones that submit to the Lord, God will give you grace and greater grace. So what we need to do is we need to make sure that we stay in the place and hear this. Somebody put this in the comments, please. Put this in the comments. We need to always stay ready spiritually, especially as a good leader, to receive instruction, correction, and redirection. Instruction, correction, and redirection. Instruction, correction, and redirection. Lord, I, I'm listening to you. And I've had many times where the Lord starts me down a path, and then all of a sudden, in that, in that going down that path, he'll correct course, or he'll redirect the course. 
In other words, he wanted me to start this way, but now he wants me to turn in a different redirection. Uh, instruction, correction, and redirection. Always stay open. Always, 100% of the time, always stay open. And so um, when Kevin said he's looking for the Lord's leading in every situation, that's how you do it. You stay humble and you stay in that place of receiving instruction, correction, and redirection. That's a humility of the Lord. He said he also submitting to the authorities that God has put in my life. That's a big deal. Kevin, I just want to say I think you're one of the best at that that I've seen. Don't stop. Don't take that and be like, oh, I've arrived. But don't stop. But keep doing that. A lot of times in, in saying that, here I've watched this over the years, and this is how a lot of people have been messed up. They actually go into the things of God, they start growing, and then all of a sudden they get some of those answers that they were looking for, and they'll drop right back to the habits of what they were doing before. Stay with what got you there. <laughs> if, if staying in, in a fellowship with God and submitting to the ways of God got you to the blessing, what can it do if you just keep on? Don't drop back to the old habits. Stay in those godly habits. And um, that means I've watched it many times where people have come into church, man, immediately, within a month, they start moving to a place where God starts blessing them, pulling them out of the ditch, start breaking off bondages. All of a sudden, they get a quote-unquote a, a, a job uh, promotion, or they get a... Um, they get basically an opportunity. And they're like, look, the Lord's blessing me, but I can't come on Sunday morning any, anymore. That's not the blessing of the Lord. That, that's not what got you there. That's, that's the devil setting a trap that, to take you out of the blessing. Don't let anything that God do, does in your life to bless you and promote you and be an opportunity is going to take you higher not lower. It's going to take you more in the presence of God, not backwards. And so if you have any question about that, you're always welcome. Reach out you know, to the church. Go to whatsright.com and, and say, hey, hey, I'm facing this situation. We'll, you know, that's part of our heart as a pastor is to help shepherd. If you've got questions, let us know. I would, I would love to help people with that. So uh, Kevin also said applying faith to what God has spoken to me and his word consistently. Not up and down, but a consistent faith. Amen. Barrett said, when are we going to have all our stuff together? Heaven. <laughs> oh, here's a question for you, Barrett. Uh, will you still be required to have faith in heaven? And if so, does, will you be able to see everything? Or does faith see it uh, physically or not? Are you still going to have all your stuff together? Will it still be growth? I'm not going to answer that. I'm just going to leave that with you. <laughs> I'm not sure I know the answer to it. Stephen says, when it comes to conflict, try Jesus, don't try me, because I throw hands. <laughs> That's a song we were listening to. That's not the worship song he led me to. It's one he led me to, but it wasn't the one I was telling the story earlier. <laughs> Try Jesus, don't try me, because I throw hands. <laughs> What's the artist of that? That's funny. I've heard it before. <laughs> Kevin says, there's always more for me to grow into in God. Yeah, because God's unlimited. <clears throat> Barrett says, God is bringing me to triumph even when I don't have my stuff together. Exactly. Buddy says a question. How do you lead when you aren't in that position of authority? Great question. Good job, buddy. What do you think? Great question. What do you think about that? <laughs> um... What do you think about that? What do you think? What do you, how do you lead when you're not in that position of authority? I just, I'll answer it. Just, I'm waiting a minute. Because <laughs> I've been in that place. God's calling me to lead, but I have not been given that authority. 
you know, God's called me. I can remember years where I knew God had called me to pastor, but I was not anybody's pastor. And uh, let me just, let me give you this. When you look into Acts chapter 13, when Paul was called, you see a calling and an ordination of Paul into the office of an apostle. They were there in the position to receive ministering to the Lord, praying and fasting in Acts chapter 13. And it's there that the Holy Ghost spoke and spoke and said, and then the elders also received that word and said, separate unto me Barnabas and, and Saul, or Barnabas and who became Paul. Uh, and he said, sends them on that ministry and launches that ministry. One of the things that we see there is that there's four people groups uh, that have to be, there's four different people groups or four different groups that have to recognize a calling in order for leadership to be established. The first one is uh, the Lord, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, if it doesn't, watch this, if your leadership position and ordination into that um, role is not given by the Holy Ghost, it's not real. If you, you know, so in other words, there's a timing to it as well. I knew from the time I was nine years old that I was called to minister. I knew from about age 11 that I was called to pastor. But the pastorate was not opened up to me, and I didn't actually become a pastor until 2009. And now in 2006, I believe is where an ordination happened for that role. But I want you to see something. It happened by the Holy Ghost, and it happened by some elders, and it happened by me, but it didn't happen in the people's hearts. The four different groups is you have to be accepted as a leader, first of all, launched and accepted by the Holy Spirit. Second of all, it should come through the elders. In other words, the, the people that have a, an authority in your life should see it, recognize it, and say that it is now. The third thing is that you have to receive that. Many people are called, but few are chosen because they never step into that role, and they don't accept the responsibility and the faithfulness for that leadership role. The fourth person is the people themselves. You have to be accepted by the people. In other words, if, you, if God's called you to be that, uh, your elders say it and you say it, but the people still don't receive you, there's a problem there, and that needs to be worked out. In order for it to be proper, it has to be received by all four people groups. And without all four groups, you really don't have a full leadership yet. You may be being primed. You may be moving into that, but you have to have all four. So that's important to understand first. The second thing is this. So in those moments where I knew I was called to, uh, when I was called to preach and I was called to lead, uh, but I hadn't been accepted by those four groups yet, what do you do? What do you do when you know that you're called, but you're not quite there? Um, what you do is you continue doing the thing. You always go back to the last thing that God, you know that God told you to do. So when we look at this word, what's the thing that he's told every one of us to do, no matter if we're called into a leader or not? What's the number one thing? An intimate fellowship with God. You know, you see that John 3.16 is the end goal of John 3.16 of Jesus coming to the earth and dying and rising again is for us to go into eternal life, that we may have eternal life. You go into John 17.3 and it says, this is eternal life, that they may know me, know the Father and his Son. In other words, that word know there means an intimate fellowship with God. Intimate fellowship, you can be defined by four parts. Four parts is uh, spirit-led prayer, spirit-led worship, spirit-led word. So prayer, worship, and the word. And the fourth is a corporate fellowship with God because he's called us to not forsake the assembly of the saints and there is an intimacy that happens even in a corporate place and it's a part of our intimacy. So if somebody just decides they can have a relationship with God all by themselves and they never need to go to church, they have missed uh, the fourth part of that intimacy. Or if somebody only has intimacy with God on Sunday morning, but not through, you know, not uh, individually, Monday through Saturday, they have missed a major part. You need all of that, and that is an intimacy with God, all right, an intimate fellowship with God. And so what does he tell 
uh, you know, we talked about this. Timothy, he says, Timothy, study to show yourself approved. In other words, here's what you do, and every person has, has a call, to be in intimate fellowship with God, work on yourself, and produce fruit. Produce fruit. Uh, you know, a lot of people will tell me, well, I'm called to be this, and I'm called to be that. Okay, then why aren't you, win I'm called to be a pastor. Okay, pastor, what are you going to lead people to? Well, I'm going to make disciples. What are they going to disciple themselves to? Why are they here? They're here to win souls and make disciples. We can do everything else in heaven. So are you yourself winning souls? Are you, who's called to be a pastor, winning souls and making disciples? Because if you're not producing that fruit already before you get into the position, you won't do it when you get into the position. Jesus lays out that principle. If you won't be faithful in the little, you won't be faithful in the much. And you must impart who you are. You're going to impart who you are. So if you're called to a leadership role, are you producing the fruit that God's called you to? Are you walking in intimacy? Are you growing yourself? And are you producing fruit? And the fruit that I would say, and if somebody will put these up, the six different areas of fruit, number one fruit is intimacy with, with God, intimate fellowship with God. The second fruit is winning souls. Third fruit is making disciples. Fourth fruit is uh, power. Uh, in other words, walking in supernatural power because the Word says, Mark 16 uh, and many other places, uh, Matthew 10, 7, when He sent out the disciples, that they laid hands on the sick, they saw them recover, they prayed with tongues, they cast out devils, healed the sick, raised the dead in Matthew 10. In other words, we need to be walking in supernatural power. A supernatural power is a symptom of a believer. Please put that in the comments. Supernatural power is a symptom of a believer. The fifth thing is a supernatural revelation. Supernatural revelation. In other words, if the last revelation you had was two years ago, and uh, it or revelation only comes from your teaching on Sunday morning, you don't have it personally, you're not walking in an intimate fellowship to give you a, a revelation. We should be not only getting revelation of the Word fresh, I heard a story recently of a minister who said, all the revelation I got, I got back in my 20s. I haven't had any new revelation in the last 20 years of ministry. Sir, you need to check whether or not you're born again. Because revelation comes through intimacy. And so we need that's a fruit that we need to be walking in. How can you make disciples without a supernatural revelation? How can you teach? And in that revelation, we need to not only have revelation coming out of the Word, but we need to have words of wisdom, words of knowledge, operation of the gifts of the Holy Ghost or the manifestations of the Holy Ghost found in 1 Corinthians 12. And then uh, the last thing, and this is a big one as well, is continuously growing in the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5.22. So these are things, if you are called to be a leader but you don't have that position or title, are we actually doing what we're already called to do and instructed to do? In intimate fellowship with God, growing yourself, and producing fruit. These three things, intimate fellowship with God, growing and producing fruit. Those things should be in every believer, and they should be even higher if you're called to be in a leadership position. And if those things aren't there, then are you ready? You know, if those things aren't there, are you really ready for that leadership position? And you know, well, well you're talking about church stuff. No, I'm talking about uh, boss at work stuff. Because if you're not operating there, you're not going to be flowing with Jesus and you won't have the full supply of wisdom and revelation that you need for that job and for that company to produce either. In other words, everything stems out of that intimacy and in producing fruit of the Lord. Great question. How do you lead if you aren't in that position of authority? You move into intimacy with God, you, you work on yourself and grow yourself, and you become a producer of biblical fruit. And when you do that, what are you doing? You're actually putting the kingdom of God first before your position. You're seeking first the kingdom, Matthew 6, 33. You're seeking first the kingdom and His righteousness or what His righteousness has done and empowered you and walking in that righteousness, walking in those right things. And He says, and all these things will be added to you. Okay. So, great question. I love that question. Uh, good, good question, buddy. 
Barrett said, when you don't have your stuff together, look to the Lord. Mark, you said, I can't imagine liking unhealthy conflict. How? <laughs> yeah, unhealthy conflict you shouldn't like. Healthy conflict you should like. Joni said, I liked how yesterday you said, if we ask God to bless us, we're also asking him to work on our character as well. That's a great point. Amen. Scott says, that's good. Amen, Scott. Scott, I'm so glad that you've you know, been here as part of the What's Right family. I've been enjoying watching you being blessed by it. That blesses me. Kevin says, fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. How far am I back now? Barrett says, we need to always stay ready spiritually to receive instruction, correction, redirection. And Kevin says, I keep thinking you're talking to me. <laughs> that, that's the mark of a good minister when everybody feels like that. <laughs> you're talking directly to me. <laughs> Let me just say, we reached 100 comments earlier, but I just reached it on my screen again, and that was Serena Crabtree. So, Serena, you win another 100 a uh, hundred comment gift card. So you can go to whatsright.com slash gift. Huh? Hundredth comment gift card. Amen. Wow, I was, y'all were putting a lot of comments while I was answering that question. Barrett put the six different types of fruit. Amen. Hallelujah. That's weird. Oh, okay. I saw comments pop up on this screen, but they didn't pop up here. And uh, amen. So glory to God. You know, as we've talked about this, did this help today, seeing some of those things in a little bit more detail and explaining some of those things? So see, no matter who we are or where we are, going back to intimate fellowship and producing fruit and growing ourselves is always the answer. What's the answer that you need, no matter what it is? What's the answer that you need from the Word? You know, go into intimate fellowship with Him. Three things. This is always the answer to whatever problem that you're having. Move into intimate fellowship with Him, work on yourself, and produce biblical fruit. Three things. Three things. Move into intimate fellowship with God. Work on growing yourself in Him and produce biblical fruit by Him. It's always the answer. Well, I need healing right now. I know. That's where it's found. That's where it's found. Why, why is that? Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom and the things He said, and all these things will be added to you. All these things will be added to you. It's why it's so important, and, and it's so simple. It's, it's one of those things where people are like, well, no, you just don't. I need to pay my bills this, this Friday. Go into Him. Do you think you're going to be able to spend time with Him, and in His presence, the questions aren't going to be answered? No, it's always going to be that. It, it's always going to be that. Move into intimate fellowship with Him, work on yourself, and produce biblical fruit. <clears throat> Excuse me. One of the things, I, I watch this in marriages and different uh, relationships. This is so important. Please hear this. I watch this all the time where a spouse thinks that their problem is the other spouse. They're, they constantly think that their problem is the other uh, member of the marriage. That And it's like, if they'll fix them, everything would be okay. That's not the answer. That's a deception, and it's not true. It's not true at all, no matter how you cut it, because you can't change them. And your joy, they're not the source of your joy. They may help uh, you receive that happiness, but the source of your joy and peace is God, is Jesus Christ. That's the source of your joy and peace. And you, you should never lose your joy and peace. 
You should never lose your joy and peace because the source is Jesus and in intimate fellowship you have it. And so one of the things that we've done is your spouse is not the problem. What you have to work on is you. Now I'm not saying that the spouse is not doing some things that need to be corrected. I, I get that wholeheartedly. But they are not the source of your joy and peace. We should never lose our joy. We should never lose our peace because he's the source of that. We should never lose that. We should never lose our grace, a supernatural strength and favor to do all of these things. Those things, grace, joy, and peace, and, and His mercy, all of these things He is the source of. We should never lose those. But yet we let people, hear this, we let people steal them. And I say this for a reason because... Many times people think that everybody around them is their source. And because they get upset at the people around them, they make the people their source instead of letting God be their source. And many times the answer is to change you. So, for example, I told this the other night at Impact, this story. Many of you have heard this over time. But uh, I had a period of time where I was really discouraged and I didn't know why, and I didn't know what was going on. And Nicole was asking me, what's the matter? What's going on? And I didn't have an answer. And the more she asked me, the more frustrated I was because I didn't have an answer for what the problem was. And um, so she went to the Lord, and the Lord said, stop, stop worrying about Him. You work on you. And, and basically what He said was, you work on you, and you pray for Him. And stop trying to get him to change. When she made that switch, something happened in me. As she worked on herself, I changed. I changed. Because spiritually, she had grabbed a hold of a spiritual principle of working on herself. And she started seeking the kingdom of God, not for me, but for her. I'm going to go after his kingdom. I'm going to go after his righteousness. I'm going to do right. And, and all of a sudden, the thing she needed added, a solution in her husband, came about and was added unto her because she worked on herself. When we work on ourselves, we make it possible for the others around us to receive solutions too. Now think about uh, in Acts 16, I believe it is, where Paul and Silas are in the jail and they're and they're praising God. They start praising God. You know, they could have said, "My problems, the jail. My problems, the jailer. My problems, the authorities that threw us here. My problems is my body hurts because of the beating they just laid on us." But no, they looked away from their problems, set their eyes on Jesus, moved into intimate fellowship, worked on them, started praising, and the chains fell off of them and everybody around them. The anointing of working on ourselves and doing what, what God has called us to do and staying in our lane of praise, worship, fellowship, producing our own fruit, growing ourselves. When we stay in our lane, it literally will bring solutions to people around us. So our problem is not other people. Our problem is we need to, we're looking at other people. We need to look to Jesus and work on ourselves. And as we get in his lane and we go after him and his kingdom, the things around us start to solve. So many, I can't tell you how many times I've been in, uh, in meetings with a husband and wife and they keep blaming the other. Stop it. You know, don't, don't do that. That's not the problem. Yeah, they may have things to fix. Work on you, and it provides a pathway for God to flow through you. See, think about this. If I've got two people, and all of a sudden one person starts getting in real true fellowship with the Father, and God inhabits the praises of His people, God starts to move, His presence comes into one spouse, it's designed to overflow. So the answer for your spouse, if they're doing the wrong things, is to stop looking at them and start looking at God. Just like Peter walking on the water. Look at Jesus, you do the supernatural. The supernatural flows. Look at the wind and the waves, look at the problem, you sink. Look at God, get that fellowship there, and, and you run your race staying in your lane, and you'll bring solutions to people around you. And the reason I say all of that is, no matter what your problem is, the answer is, spend time in intimate fellowship with God, right? 
grow yourself through God and produce fruit by God. The, all of this, it's in him that we live and move and have our being in Acts 17, 28. And that's where we need to live. Amen. Glory to God. I hope you've been blessed by it today. If you would like to sow today, and I encourage you to do that, you've received something that's life-changing, you can do that at giveww.org or in uh, Cash App. You can do the cash tag GiveWW. On Facebook, you can type in hashtag donate followed by the amount. You also have PayPal and the other information, text to give. It's on the screen right there. And uh, you're welcome to give. I encourage you to give. When we sow, we are literally fulfilling a piece of the commandments that God's told us to do. And the Lord sees it. He honors it. He blesses it. And uh, it is designed uh, to help take us out of a place, no matter if we feel like we've got an ability to move or not. <clears throat> God said, I'll give you a supernatural ability, even behind enemy lines, to set up a standard of my kingdom and power. When you sow a seed, I am bound by my word to bring about a harvest. And so I encourage people to sow, especially when you don't feel like you can, because it's in that moment that we need to the most. God says, look, I have, to, I have to follow my word. You sow a seed and you plant seed and you plant yourself and you plant your heart for the kingdom's sake. He said, I don't care what the devils are doing. I don't care how bound up you are. When you sow a seed, I must respond to the seed because as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest remain. And so it literally is a supernatural spiritual breaking and it can be done with money. You can take that un unrighteous mammon of the world, purpose in your heart to be a sower, and you can transform that unrighteous money into a spiritual sword to drop, uh, basically stick the devil right in the heart and break you out of a place. That's why it's so important for us to understand kingdom giving and kingdom receiving because it is a supernatural power to break you out of bondages. And so I encourage you today to sow a seed and I just want to pray for anybody that may be doing that. Lord, thank you so much for giving us a way and for teaching us your word, moving us to the places of leadership, moving us, Lord, to these places of your goodness and your mercy, your fullness of joy, the hope that preaches to the world. Lord, thank you for overflowing us. And Lord, as people give today, with the heart that they give, let it be blessed, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men and women give unto their lives. Pour right into the middle of their lives, Lord, right into the middle of who they are and, and what they are, Lord. Lord, pour out in them now. Lord, bless it. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, exponentially multiplied by your unlimited nature. Let a breakthrough happen today in Jesus' name. Lord, I see it. Financial breakthrough in Jesus' name. Debt supernaturally erased. Supernaturally erased. Let it be erased now. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, and supernatural increase, let it be in the lives of people. Supernatural increase in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. We praise you. Kevin, I see that uh, gift. Lord, bless that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Serena says, when I work on myself, it gives solution for others around me as well. Joni says, I told God once, I want to change, I want a change. And he goes, change your attitude. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> but it was in changing my attitude that allowed change to come into my own life, which was so cool. Thank you. Amen. Glory to God. I have, you know, as a final story about that, one day I was sitting there. Thank you, Kevin, for that seed you just sowed. Um, one of the things that you that I had was one day I was sitting, this before we moved into our new building, and I'd just, just been going through stuff. And, uh, you know, I had a pastor one time, I was so longing to be a pastor, and one of my pastors said, hey, let me share something uh, with you, you know, you who want to be a shepherd. Let me share something with you, pastor, shepherd. He said, sheep bite. <laughs> sheep bite. Well, 
After about eight years, seven, six, seven years of pastoring, I found out very clearly sheep bite, they do bite. And uh, I had been bitten multiple times, and I wasn't having fun. And I remember I got to a service one Sunday morning, and I was mad, and I was like, looking around like I was thinking, I don't even want to be here. And I'm the pastor. You know, you know that's going to be a great Sunday. And <laughs> you know that's going to be a great day. I was like, I don't even want to be here. And I was, I was mad. Nobody, there were people that just stayed home because of whatever reason. And I'm trying to serve to the best of my ability. It's like people didn't care. And I'm like, and uh, the Lord speaks to me. This, you know, Joni, this is what your comment reminded me of. Uh, the Lord speaks to me. He goes, you're not having any fun. And uh, on the inside, I didn't say it out loud because we were in worship, but <laughs> on the inside I went, you're right, I'm not. <laughs> and I, that's the attitude I had on it too. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of people be like, oh, you talk to the Lord? Yeah, he knows it already. What am I going to do, hide it and pretend like it's not there, be hypocritical? <laughs> and uh, so I was like, you're right, I'm not. And, uh, you know, I had, you can tell I had some attitude on it. And, um. He didn't rebuke me for the attitude, for the genuineness. What he said was, you need, you need to choose to be in joy. He didn't say choose to be in fun. He said you need to choose to be in joy. The Lord doesn't mince words. He says what he means. He says you need to choose to be in joy. I went, you know what? You're right. You know, will you go into Isaiah uh, 60? And uh, it, I think it's 60 or 61 where it talks about the spirit of heaviness putting on a garment of praise. He gives us a garment of praise which is meant to be put on for a spirit of heaviness. And uh, he said, you need to choose to be in joy. So I chose to put on that garment of praise, put on that anointing of joy. Instantly, as soon as I chose that, I decided I'm going to be in joy. Man, the presence of the Lord came down. It turned out to be a great Sunday. And from that day forward, I had fun as a pastor because I chose joy over my situation. And immediately, that one choice changed everything. And it'll change it for you too. Choose joy. Let's work on ourselves and watch what God can do. I love you so much. Hey, look forward to tomorrow being with you. It's going to be awesome. Here's Barrett. Love you. I'll see you tomorrow.